Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the entire universe. Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. Will, what's up, man? It's been a uh, crazy week so far. How crazy has it been? And it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday, and... We were a little concerned. You texted me last night. You said, I'm upset that no news came out yesterday, which was uh, Monday, March 2nd. I said, I know. I said, it's a little quiet. It's a little too quiet. And then today, wow. I, I, I loved your tweet, by the way. I, I looked at it <laughs> way too late, but that was gold. I think I think that was underappreciated. I uh, absolutely was underappreciated, but as is most things that I do, so I'm used to it, you know? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that. I feel like... I'm just, kidding. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'm thanks. perfectly, I'm adequately appreciated. Fair enough. Thanks for tuning back in to everyone listening. This is episode 32. If you want to find the show on Twitter or on IG, it's at Fourth Man Pod. If you want to find our personal handles, it's at Big Three News, obviously, and at A underscore Siggy. And for those of you tuning in on Dash Radio on Thursday, you can now find us there every Thursday on the Nothing But Net channel. So if you're tuned in already today, your first time listening to the show, appreciate you you guys just tuning in for a little bit, learning more about the Big Three, whether you be a in the Big Three community already or you're new to the league this season. Excited to have you join us today. And one of the better episodes to join because we have a lot of changes to discuss and a lot of off-season moves going on. Not necessarily splash alerts, but definitely starting to see how the league is rounding out and seeing how this is going to be the biggest season to date. Let's start, man. I don't even know where to start this. I mean, it just seems like news keeps dropping and dropping and and so does my mouth. I mean, just after everything, (laughs) everything that's coming out, I want to, I think I want to start here. I think I got to start here. This is the most recent news, but yes, let's start with trilogy. They made some big changes. First of all, Kenyon Martin decided that he will step down as Trilogy trilogy coach. Now, this one's huge, obviously, because he's been in the league since year one. He's the first player. Yeah, he's the first player ever in the big three. First player to take a team to an undefeated season. First player to win a championship on a team. I mean, the first of many. And then stepped into the coaching role last year. Really, really turned Trilogy around later in the season. I thought they were going to make a playoff push there. And decided today that he will, I don't know if it was actually today, but this came out today that he will step down as coach. That will end his big three career. Will, what were your first thoughts on this? We're, I mean, shocked, right? Well, yeah, I, w- I was absolutely shocked. Um, and I think I was probably even more shocked by the move that came after that. Um, but just just to touch on Kenyon Martin, you know, like we said, you know, he he really is one of the foundational pieces of the big three. Um, like, I don't know if the league is what it is without him Big facts. because he's sort of, you know, not only was he the first player to sign, he was the first player, um, to become coach. You know, he was the first one to make that transition when the yeah. league expanded in 2018. 
Um, but, you know, he won the first championship. He sort of set the blueprint for the proper way to construct a team, the proper way to draft a team. Um, and I think that without him, without that team going undefeated in the first year, you know, I, I think it set a standard and it set a bar. Yeah, of, of what you need to bring to the league, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think too, you know, I mean, you mentioned it, first player ever to sign on. I mean, you gotta, you got to – I mean, I got to think from a player's perspective, you hear about a new league, despite who's going to be the owners or the founders of it, there's always some skepticism about joining something, just especially with other leagues and other sports, you know, trying and failing. So for Kenyon Martin to take that leap of faith and, and like you said, be a foundation for, for a league that – is ultimately growing and growing year after year. I mean, I mean, big hats off to Kenyon Martin. Definitely going to be missing the league. Hardy missed him as a player, and now you know. Yeah. Even as a coach, man, that's that's a that's a tough one to to see go. However, that yeah, being said, and I, I think um, and one more thing before we go sure, into yeah, the even the the it's crazier second part of that news. Um, but I think the most important thing, and as we learn more and more about the history of the league. If you look back in 2017, sort of everybody's sentiments are the same. You know, not really enough people took it as seriously as they should have, um, except for Trilogy. Yeah. You know, like Trilogy quite literally raised the standard of the effort level that had to be brought in to be successful in the big three. And I think without them, without them, you know, sort of taking the initiative to do that, I don't know if the league could be as successful as it is now. So, you know, yeah. you just have to you have to thank Kenyon Martin, you have to thank that team. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree, and I think, you know, that's the reason the league is so exciting today is just because they set that bar so high. They said, really, you want to you be – you want to see – you'd never want to see anybody go undefeated in a league, you know, no. as, as the opposing team. So, yeah, I definitely think they set the bar, the foundation, and, and much love to Kmart there. In correspondence to that news, something that just widened our jaws throughout the day. Yes. I mean, st- we found out today that the guy <laughs> – I can't even get it out. The guy replacing Kenyon Martin is none other none other than Steven Jackson. Stack from Killer – the captain of Killer 3 for the past couple seasons. Really the past three seasons because Chauncey wasn't really there year one. Will be moving from – in the in the same kind of in the same footsteps as Kenny Martin will be moving from player to coach, but not only for his not for his own team for another team. I mean, I, I mean, I'm speechless. I don't even know where to start there. I mean, there's so many different ways we could go about it. I guess let's start here. I mean, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit for the podcast. It makes sense for Steven Jackson to move into a coaching role. I mean, right, right, Will? Um, I mean, yes. Yes, it, it whoa, makes whoa. sense. I mean, there was yes. doubt. There was doubt there. Let's hear. The, let's well, hear. I the I just feel part. like it does make sense, but like I just don't want it to be true. You know, yeah, like no. I want this guy to play forever. Yeah. So like it makes sense. It's just oh, it's just so like I I don't want to say unfortunate because it's not like anything bad happened. Yeah. Just like selfishly, like as a fan, I'm just gonna miss him. Man, me too. And I mean, he was just so good last year. And, and you know, for those of you who don't remember, I mean, week one suffers a partial MCL tear. We think he's done. So for I look the it's year. a small it's a small tear in his patella tendon. Okay. 
So small town hospital attendant, nonetheless, at 40 years old, 41 years old, suffers a a tear in his knee. We think he's going to be done for the year. We think he's done, and then he plays through it. (laughs) Plays through it. Not only plays through it, makes a championship run. Yes. And if they're not facing a team like Triplets and Joe Johnson, they probably win that one. That game was still pretty close. They probably do. That was still a close game. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just hard to see him – not not being on the court, but it's great that we still get to see him in the league. It's just going to be so weird seeing him in any other color but yellow and black. Oh, that's going to be so weird to see him in like a triplets like, uh, like polo. Oh, that's gonna. I mean, sorry, in a, in a trilogy polo. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, and I think too, and I'm recording this on on Tuesday, March third here. But I think the second part of that is that, you know, trilogy co-captain. For now, at least, James White came out on Twitter and said, "Just, just wait because there's more. The next, the next, yeah, bit trilogy of, isn't know, done. not verbatim. Yeah, not verbatim, but that pretty much trilogy wasn't done with their roster moves and, and personnel moves. So, don't even know what's to come. I mean, by the time this comes out, there could be more news about trilogy that's dropped. And, and even Cube, the founder himself, possible. said that there was going to be some news about trilogy. But I, I'm already shocked." Uh, let's go to the flip side of things because I, uh, it's obviously going to be weird seeing Steck in a coaching position. I think it's great. You know, you know, like we said uh, beforehand, we were talking about how you know it's great that maybe for Stephen Jackson he wouldn't even think about coaching, and now being in the Big Three, a platform presents itself. I think the flip side of this though is that what happens to Killer Threes? Well. If you're killer threes, I think your number one priority is you have to. I mean, the man get, was recruiting. Steven Jackson yeah. was recruiting for killer threes, and he probably knew he was already going to trilogy. Yeah, I mean that to me is just such like a class move because that to me means because when we first originally saw it, so what we're talking about is on all the smoke. He basically he invited uh, Zach Randolph to fill a captain spot um, on the big three. And so we all just assumed that he was talking about Killer Threes, and we just assumed that either uh, what right Dante Green or Frank Nitty wouldn't be back. So, but you know, we didn't know how that was going to shake up. But it turns out that that captain spot that he was referring to was the one that he was occupying <laughs> on Killer Threes. So you know, that to me just means listen, Killer Threes is a team that's built to win now. They only have one draft pick, so it's going to be basically the same team um, minus, you know, probably like Eddie Curry or somebody. But they're only going to have one, I believe, third-round selection. So the draft is basically null and void unless you just completely strike gold in that third round. So you need this new captain or new co-captain whoa, whoa, to whoa. be basically – Yeah. I, I got I to – I just – something I'm, – I'm sorry to cut you off there, but something that just came into my head. Okay. Stack was talking about a captain role open on his team on all the yeah. smoke. Now, at the time, we thought it was Killer Threes. We now was know that not? was Trilogy. James oh. White said, You guys aren't ready for what's to come, you know, the news to come for Trilogy. If, <laughs> and hear me out on this, oh, I'm what listening, if I'm listening. Stack was recruiting Zebo to Trilogy? James White already knows. And this is the this is the thing to come. This is what I mean, everyone's talking about. No, that would be can't insane. be right. I mean, here here's the reason. First of all, that would be insane. 
And first of all, that's incredible detective work. <laughs> um, but here's just my only issue with that. And it's the kind of like the elephant in the room that I feel like people aren't considering is what, then what about Jason Terry? So here's my like, thought on that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Jason Terry, I mean, had, had the podcast or was on the podcast with, with Oliver. Oliver Maroney, who worked for the big three talking about how he's going to be back in better shape, ready to play this year. So here's another, I think like smaller elephant in the room is that does David Hawkins move on to a captain role? I mean, we've seen him go from player to co-captain. Yeah. I mean, does he move to a, a another role or on a different team? I mean, that's not does he go to killer threes? out of the realm? That would be crazy. I mean, <laughs> if he if he went to killer threes, you know, um, he would. I mean, that that I'd say, you know, all right, you know, we keep going. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, back, that right? may be a small bump in the road that you that you miss Stephen Jackson, but you know, at this point, a healthy David Hawkins replacing an injured Stephen Jackson, a team that was already good enough to make it to the championship, I'd say run it back. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, David Hawkins. That would be crazy. In the MVP consideration for two years, the past two years at least. I mean, maybe not yeah. so much last year because he got off to a bad start, but the year prior and even last year down the stretch was really good. Yeah, we're, they're definitely running that back. I mean, it's no secret. I thought that Hawk probably should have won that MVP in 2018. I agree. Um you know, if it wasn't anybody, if it was anybody but Corey Maggette, I think I probably would have put up a bigger stick. But Corey Maggette was just so deserving of the award as well. Um, but if I did have like a vote, I probably would have given it to David Hawkins. Yeah, I think it was debatable. Um, but 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 still, absolutely, he sort of got off to a bumpy start um, in 2019, but finished very strong. Um, if you remember, Trilogy beat Killer Threes when they were undefeated, and a lot that had to do with hawk and james white yeah i remember that that was their first loss and that's kind of when hawkins was was turning things around and so i don't know you know so you're telling so does hawk go to killer threes become a captain or you know uh tomato tomato let's say frank nitty or dante green becomes uh the the head coach or becomes the captain of killer threes just because they've been there and then Hawk goes just to become a co-captain there, I you know, I and then see that playing out that way. And I'm saying Dante Green, but it's Josh Powell. I'm sorry, Josh Powell is the co-captain, not oh, Dante. Yeah, Green. I see, yeah, I knew where you're going with that. I guess I wasn't putting two okay. and two together, but gotcha. Yeah, um, I, I but, mean, but I you know, but you bring up a very interesting point. I don't know. I can't see David Hawkins switching teams just to be a co-captain. It just doesn't. It, yeah, that doesn't make too much sense. I mean, it's definitely possible, but. I would be surprised. I'd be more surprised if Jason Terry isn't the captain still, though, after him publicly coming out and saying it. So, yeah, lots of different scenarios that can play out here. It's I, If they don't come out with this tomorrow, I might scream in in the middle of my office work setting because now, now it's just like a cliffhanger at this point, just just waiting for that next, that, that next one to be made, you know what I mean, that next move to be made. So... I think I think something else to take away from this too, though, is also that this will be Trilogy's third different coach in the past three years. You know, I I know there's been different scenarios playing out. We had the expansion. You know, Kenya Martin retiring from the from the league as a player, and and you know now I guess I'm not sure if Stephen Jackson's actually retired, but moving into that coaching role is what I'm assuming. It's it's I gotta think that like Stephen Jackson might this might be the stability guy right here you know the guy that 
is, sure. is, is still wanting to be around the game, loves the league. This is where some stability comes into play, and I think this is where he like he's really trying to build out his captains thoroughly. So, you know, whatever move is made next in terms of just forming out or rounding out the captain spots, I think this is what he's trying to run with, you know, for the next few years at least, you know. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot to digest there. And guess what? We're not even done. We have a, a couple more teams that rounded out their captain vacancies alongside triplets. Let's let's talk about the other changes or the other teams rounding out their captain spots because there's obviously a couple of other shocking moves that were made as well. Yes. I guess we should just start in sequence of, of which came first. We'll start with Bivlap. We knew Josh Smith was probably gonna return. That was that was kind of what we were expecting there. That yep. was made official alongside Nate Robinson returning to Tri State. Mm-hmm. Then we heard the news of or we also heard the news of Will Biden return at the co captain spot. What we didn't expect is for someone to replace Anthony Morrow as a third co-captain. And what we didn't expect even more is that it would be Mo Spates. Mo Buckets. Maurice Spates is going to be joining the Mo big three Buckets, baby. for his first year in the league. He will be a co-captain of Bivlac. Josh Smith isn't even sure what a Bivlac still is, but they are going to be <laughs> one of the ta- most talented teams in the league. And that's just from their captain captains. I mean... uh, First of all, most space is a great fit, but just I know you're a big bivouac guy, Will. From coach, I'm like, a big bivouac guy. Big bivouac guy from Reggie Theus being the coach to who made up their team last year. So now they've got these three captains in place. I mean, you're feeling pretty good about bivouac at this point, right? Absolutely. <laughs> As your sleeper uh, you know. team, you know. Hmm. Um. I mean, I think. Can I tell you what this reminds me of? Yeah, absolutely. This this most this most Spates Josh Smith duo. Oh, with Will Bynum running point. Oh, you're talking about like the the power team that won it all. I'm talking about that Glenn Davis Birdman. Oh, Catino Mobley lineup. Yeah, that yeah. you know was lethal in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a a lot of similarities. Like like maybe like a little mini mini sized version of them. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, you're not far off there. They're, man, I, I will say this: th- those two guys might be a little bit more versatile as well, just being, you know, a little bit shorter, uh, smaller guys, being able to, to uh, I don't know, I guess cover the floor a little bit better, I, I, and also cover the rim. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I like where your head's at there because I definitely get that resemblance as well. And then Will Bynum running the point. I mean, uh, and then Reggie Theus as your head coach. <laughs> Dude, that's a na- and if they have the draft they had last year, whoo! Yeah, that is a nasty team. Oh man, that's insane. Uh, and then the second half of that, that or I should say, I guess this will be the third team that finished rounding out their captains or, or filling their captain vacancies was Power. We knew that obviously the the big one being Corey Maggette no longer being the captain after he decided to retire after this this past season. And we were probably pr- and we were pretty certain that Katina Mowley was going to fill that captain role, which he did. That's been confirmed. G- Glenn Davis, Big Baby Davis, is also going to come back as a co-captain. But then we knew that there was going to be one spot to fill. So how did Power fill it? The only way they knew how, with a little bit of flair, and uh, one of the one of the biggest counter moves they probably could have put up. They added Royce White as her co-captain, number one pick last year for enemies. 
had a really good season. First guy to put up double digit assists ever in the big three last season. Almost put up a triple double in a game that's that goes crazy. To 50. That's he went crazy. Eight, 10 and ten. Royce White's now going to be the co-captain. What do you? I mean, Will, we talked about this a little bit. I know you thought at first like a little bit of a a, a fit that you weren't expecting, but as as it's kind of sat for a little bit, what do you think of it now? I think that um, I think Royce. I think it's a very interesting pick. Um, I think that I'm very interested to find out the story behind this pick. Um, you In know, terms because of like I how feel it like came about of him being yeah, a co-captain. Okay, right. Because I feel like you know, like just take Royce White's teammate Craig Smith, right, who was an MVP candidate. Um, you know, that to me would feel, and he was also drafted. I just feel like there were other guys in the draft pool. If I would have had my pick, I don't know if Royce White would have been my pick out of everybody who was drafted last year to be my new co-captain. But it's a very interesting fit for this team, considering he's you know he was a very efficient player in his first year. Like you said, he he had incredible uh, stat lines. I mean, he could really do everything. I'm just very interested just to see how he fits. Because he really is not that similar to Corey Maggette. No, he's not. But here, here's why I like it. Okay. And here's where I don't think a lot of people realize this. I don't think for Royce White to be your number one pick, I don't think he got enough opportunity. Meaning, okay. Like, I don't think he had the ball in his hands enough. I don't think hmm. – I think he was a little bit more passive. I mean, he's he's obviously looking for the best play, trying to make a play. He but is. Enemies, and if you watch his highlights, yeah. he is like – He's like the opposite of like a bull hog. You know what I mean? Like there's almost some plays where like he like uh, he like passes like too much. You know what I mean? Like he like he'll think somebody's open and he'll you know, he'll give it to them instead of like taking somebody on, you know. So that's not. So you're right in that respect. Well, and like, okay, being alongside Gilbert Arenas for a few games, you know, he was in and out of the lineup facing injury. Then you have Craig Smith, who's an MVP candidate, one of the highest scorers in the league. Frank Robinson really came on there down the end of the stretch. You had Lamar Odom to start the season a little bit. Derek Byers joined the team. I mean, there's a lot of guys who can handle the ball and get to the basket, you know, create for themselves. And I feel like Royce White's number one job was to find those guys, whether they're cutting, whether they're coming off a screen. And I felt like he really dedicated that part of his game for enemies. Now, I think for power, it's going to be a little bit different. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. I think he's going to be asked to score a lot more, take on more scoring responsibilities. I think in that aspect, I really like this move. And again, we talked about it on the last episode about being able to select a guy as your co-captain to make sure you get them and then still having those draft picks available. And based on how the lottery goes, if they do it the same style, you know, potentially still getting that number one pick and getting the number one pick from last year. So looking at it that way, seeing that Royce White maybe didn't get as much opportunity as, in my opinion, I thought he should have. Okay. I, I like the move, and I like I like taking that, you know, taking the risk, I guess is, is what you could say, because you really never yeah. know with some of these co-captains and how they're going to play out. But Oh, you're right. I, I really like the move in that. In that it, it, a little bit of a weird fit. Yes, I do agree with that. Not necessarily filling exactly what Corey Maggette was providing for the team. But – yeah. I think that's something they can find in the draft. I, w- I will say this, though. I believe you're right. Um, I mean, if you really think about it, Nancy Lieberman has had one draft. And she had Quentin Richardson, 
uh, Birdman and uh, who was the and Xavier Silas. Yeah. So I mean, they didn't so, have to and, pick anybody year two or last no, last year. Yeah, they didn't have to pick anybody last year. Um, I'm assuming that so obviously Chris Anderson's done. I'm assuming that um, Quentin Richardson will be taken in the second round, probably um, by power. Well, I mean, I don't well, really do you see think anybody. Quentin Richardson's Quentin. coming back now. I mean, good friend Corey well, because McGetty's of knuckleheads. Down. Well, I mean that, but I was also thinking good friend Corey McGetty retiring. You know, those guys are super close since they were young. I don't know. I mean, maybe they. I, mean, I don't know. They. I mean, maybe he's still playing. You know, what I'd really like to see is him and Darius Miles playing, but. Yeah, don't really There's know if that's the tried case. Out. Yeah, I remember him being on the the list of people list of people you could draft, but don't know if he actually went to the combine or anything. But yeah, I don't know to be honest. I mean, to be honest with you, that's a good question. You know, um, I mean, listen, at this point, you know, I thought if anybody was confirmed to be coming back, it was Stephen Jackson. <laughs> yeah, at this point, but, what so do we really point, know? At I mean, this point, I don't really know. I, I got to give it to I got to give it to Slam. And their roster tracker. Oh, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I will say this. I, for one, realize that I need to be a lot more patient throughout this offseason. Because I felt like I got really worked up there at the beginning or end of February. You know, where's the news? What's happening? Are they even ready for this season? (laughs) Lo and behold, yeah, they were ready to... They were ready for this season and some. So, you know, I'm just the thing that shove most, those words back in my face. The thing that makes me the most impatient is that we have just this draft pool has been a mystery. Oh, I know. I mean, like, <laughs> I, where are the splash alerts? I got to think they're going to come after the the captain roles. Or... I don't think they're coming at all, dude. I got to be honest with you. Oh, I think they're just going to drop a list one day. Well, think of it this way. OK, how many more captain roles are there to fill? I mean, do we even know at this point? Um, I'll just say seven still. We don't even know. I'll yeah. just say seven still. Well, let's 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 do the ones that we know. Off the top of my head, enemies has one because of Lamar Odom. If if everyone who's everyone comes back, enemies has one. Um, Ghost Ballers have one. Three's Killer company. Threes now have one. Threes Company. Um, I mean, that's four right there. That's four right there. Uh, and there's probably a couple that we're forgetting. There's definitely some I feel like we're forgetting. Bivlac's full. Power's full. Tri-State, there's one. Jermaine O'Neal's not Tri-State, there. Tri-State, there's one. Yep, yep. So that's about five. Well, oh, and by the way, um, Josh Childress told me um, on Instagram that he nobody has told him that Kendrick Perkins is joining. Yeah, so who's to say there's not a – I mean, there's not really a captain spot open there anyways. They still have right. Scalabrini, Childress, and – Deshaun Stevenson. So, unless nobody told Childress because that's who they're replacing him with. Oh, that would be that's I mean, a little messed up. Oh, that would be super messed up. There's no way they're doing him like that is what I'm saying. There's no, absolutely no way. Especially with Childress being there from the beginning. You know, I, I think, you know, I think it's fair to say there's probably about five spots left. You know, we have until May to kind of hear about the – the different guys being announced and stuff. I think that they have plenty of time. I know you're, I know you're saying that you don't think it's going to happen. I think they have plenty of time still. It's March 3rd. They have until May, what? 15th. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if, 
I wonder if the new policy going forward is they don't want to hype up people who there's no chance that they don't get drafted. You know, but like, yeah, like what kind of happened to Steve Blake, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I mean, Steve, like everyone was hyped to see Steve Blake and then he doesn't get drafted. Then everyone's kind of just like, uh, or, or, uh, Balut. Everyone's like, well, Oh my God, Balut, Balut. I mean, he and did then, get drafted. Yeah, that's right. He did get drafted, but he didn't play. Don't do my man Balut like that. You're He's right. coming. You're He's right. coming I back. Never, I don't want to hear any of that. Any, any Balut slander ever again. Not allowed on this episode, on this show. Sorry. Okay, I'm glad we glad we laid, laid the groundwork down there. But other than those moves, I think after finally picking up our jaws toward the end of this half of the episode, I think we've pretty much covered all the moves made so far. We have a lot in store. Like we said, it's Tuesday, March 3rd. Got to think that trilogy is going to be rounded out tomorrow. I don't I don't even know what to expect. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to manifest Zebo to trilogy because that would be insane. That would be insane. So that, that would be such a curveball. <laughs> um, that would be absolutely insane. And just because of how insane it is, I'm also rooting for that. Okay, yeah. Okay. I'm rooting that Hawkins is now goes to the, be the captain of Killer Threes. Killer Threes just c- c- keeps on chugging along, and then trilogy builds a new super team with. Uh, Jason Terry, James White, and Zach Randolph. Oh, that just sounds so good already. I can't it wait does. for it. I can't wait for it tomorrow. If, if nothing comes out tomorrow, I will be disappointed. Even, <laughs> even more so than yesterday. And I was pretty down yesterday. I feel yesterday. like something's going to come out. Yeah, no doubt. Every t- You know what's funny? Every time I get a Big 3 post, I'm, I'm like giddy. I'm in work, and I see, oh, Big 3 just posted something on their Instagram? <laughs> Let me look at it. You know, it's like, oh yeah. You know, my bosses are probably looking at me like, Anthony. Get back to work. What? But, but look what just happened. Zach Randolph just joined Trilogy. It's like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> Get back to work. <laughs> You're not making us money. <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens. Definitely update you. That's a good reason to follow. You know, obviously the big, best big three account in the universe and will. Uh, good reason to follow the fourth man. Just, just a good reason to have those notifications on at this time of the year because we will try to update as much as we possibly know and, and, and we'll do at a, at a timely manner for sure. So super excited to see what's going to happen tomorrow. And yeah, I think that's going to conclude at least this half of the episode. We have an exciting interview for coming up for you guys on the back half of this episode. We're going to be talking with, I guess I can say enemies, Derek Byers, who's been, you know, kind of a journeyman throughout the league, played for multiple teams, played with multiple guys, get to kind of hear his reactions about the new rules and some of the changes being made and, you know, what he's going to be doing coming into season four. A guy who's been with the big three since season one and really looking forward to talking to him and hearing his perspective. So uh, appreciate everyone who tuned into this half of the episode. And here is Derek Byers. Okay. Joining us today is a guy who's been a part of the big three since the inaugural season and was a member of enemies last year Derek Byers man really excited to have you on appreciate you joining us today thanks guys thanks for having me yeah absolutely I think we always start here every time we get a a guy or a player uh, joining us on the show for the first time we really just want to hear you know where did you learn about the big three when was the first time an opportunity presented itself for you to play in the league and, and what got you excited about it Right, so it was uh, 2016. 
I was overseas playing basketball, and I think Roger Mason, who I knew from University of Virginia, he's the one who recruited me to UVA. Uh, I spent my first two seasons of college at University of Virginia. He was my host and recruited me there. So I saw that he was becoming a commissioner, and I was like, let me take a closer look uh, look at this because I always follow the basketball news and. When I start seeing Kenyon behind it and Rashard Lewis and Allen Iverson, obviously not to mention Ice Cube, I was like, man, this this sounds legit. Let me hear more about it. So I reached out to Roger at first and, uh, you know, he sent over the contract. And I knew, you know, you had all these big time names, legends. And I wasn't a household name at all, but I was just like chomping at the bit. I was like, just just let me get out there go to the combine, kind of prove myself, and then see where it gets me. And uh, that's how I learned about it. Next thing you know, I was a, a first-round pick that first year, and uh, I've been part of it since day one. Yeah, man. I mean, that first year, we were kind of talking about it a little bit earlier, but talked mm-hmm. about, you know, just how much has changed. I think, you know, Trilogy making that undefeated run. And right. I think a lot of people came into it, you know, not saying you, but I think a lot of players came into it thinking like they, didn't, they just didn't have the same work ethic necessarily coming into it thinking like, oh, this is just another league. You know, we're just kind of doing this to, to pass time. I mean, from yeah. your experience, what was it? Did you feel like it was like that? And, and what was kind of your what's kind of your experience now or your takeaway now as the, as the league has progressed? Yeah, I mean, 100 percent. You know, when I got out there, I'm seeing guys who. You know, I really didn't cross paths with during my uh, little NBA career. And, you know, I mean, household names, I don't want to mention them, but a lot of guys showed up out of shape. A lot of guys just thought it was going to be a walk in the park and they were just going to get their name called and picked up because they were they were boys with this guy or that guy. And then some guys just didn't look like they could compete, even half court. So, um I mean, that's when I knew this was for real. Like, you really had to come out there and bring your game. I was glad that I was training, showed up in shape, uh, did what I had to do. And honestly, the way it started out, I mean, I was 33 at the time, so I was one of the younger guys because the age limit was only like 30 or 31 at that time. So, you got to, you know, I was one of the younger guys, me and Xavier Silas. So, um, it boded well for us at the time. So what was that like? So what was season one? What was your experience playing for Rick Barry on that Bull Hogs team? Uh, what do you? What were your takeaways from that? Man, just to be around somebody like him, a Hall of Famer, like he's, man, he's underrated. When you go and look at his stats and the things he's done in the game, I mean, he's up there with the Jordan and the Elgin Baylor and all these other guys. So first of all, it was just kind of, you know, like I had to. It was like a shock to even be playing for a guy like him. And I really liked how he gave me a lot of freedom out there on the court to do my thing. Uh, he, he believed in my game from, from day one. Uh, Scalabrini, Josh Childress, you know, they were the captain and co-captain at the time. And they chose me. And I knew immediately back then it was only five players on a team. So I knew immediately I was coming into a go-to guy sort of role with the team. And, you know, I embraced it. Um, you know, I, I started out having a lot of success, one of the top scorers in the league, season one. And we didn't have a lot of team success. 
think we rotated some guys out. We made a trade like every week. Rasul Butler was doing well, traded him. Dominic McGuire traded him. Um, you know, and Xavier Silas came toward the end. And I really thought me and X had a lot of good chemistry and we picked up some good wins toward the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But um, it just didn't last long enough. We always we always joke about it now. We're like, man, we got together earlier. You know, for sure we would have been in the playoffs and possibly done even more. But, uh, you know, everybody always, even to this day, treats the ball halls kind of like a laughing stock of the league. But that first year, we really had a chance, I feel, if we had had, you know, me and X on the same team a little longer. But uh, the experience was great. I enjoyed being around those guys. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, exactly what you said. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that first year Bullhawks team was probably the best team that they put out there. At least so <laughs> yeah. far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it, I think it speaks uh, volumes that outside of captains and co-captains, me and Xavier are the only ones that are not captains or co-captains that have been around for three years. You know, I think that says a lot. And just to what we bring to the league and – um I agree. I mean, there's been a lot of turnover the last couple of years with with the ball hawks. I like that Deshaun Stevenson picked up uh, pick up. Yeah, that was, that was a, a big one. one. Yeah, that was a big one. We didn't get a chance to play. I didn't get a chance to play with him, but uh, you know, it's you know, it's been tough for them the last couple of years. But uh, Will McDonald was a big pickup last year. I just think a little little bit more continuity and you know, picking one or two right guys and and they'll do well because nothing's wrong with you know, Rick as a coach, he's, he's, he's awesome as a coach. Yeah. You know, and I feel like maybe it's just unfortunate too, that, you know, they get uh, Jermaine Taylor to next year and they lose right. last year, they lose him to injury. Like right. you said, Will McDonald was a great pickup. So maybe when this team's a hundred percent, you know, I think maybe they make a little noise. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Jermaine. I mean, one, you know, he had a great year, season two, mm-hmm. McDonald played well. They brought Quintel last year. Um, I think the fit wasn't that great, so he was traded. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they always have the pieces there, you know, to do something. So always wish them well. Those are my guys. Yeah, and I was always interested, too, to see, you know, Deuce Balut, how he would play out, you know, being the number one fever player. Obviously, that didn't, that didn't uh, play out either. So just kind of some bad luck. I think, I think next year maybe right. they'll get rid of that curse or whatever is holding them back. <laughs> right. I was looking forward to watching him play, too. I mean, he he's like the highest paid FIBA guy. He's killing overseas every year. So unfortunate that uh, I guess the paperwork didn't work out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so year two, um, you know, obviously we're very productive in year one. You go into year two. Nothing's really changed. Just a different team. Now you're on three's company here. What was your experience like, you know, playing with Three's Company? And was it kind of weird, like, being on a different team but seeing the same guys every day still? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but I think that's what makes the Big Three so cool. I mean, I'm not the only person that's played for multiple teams, and it's still the same kind of tour. So each stop you get to see the same people. You know, Absolutely. I got – yeah, I got a certain, you know, select group who – Every city, I have to hit them up like, yo, let's go get some food and things like that. Um, so it's become real familial over the years. I think that's the I think that's the great thing about the big three. Um, so my three's company experience, you know, the way it started out, I was uh, I was selected. But 
early on, DeMar Johnson, the captain, was letting me know I would have a reserve role. And uh, it's funny, I heard him on the podcast the other day, but uh, yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, we talked a little bit about him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 DJ's my guy, man. And the one thing I appreciate about him is he was always transparent. You know, he, did, he didn't have to lie about anything. He let me know, man, this is the, the group we're going with, but just stay patient. Um, we're going to try to get you out there on the court. But I think a lot of, like, a lot of people don't realize as great as Andre Emmett was, you know, yeah. RIP, that's, that's my guy. Um, as, great, as great as he was, he didn't start out as, like, killing it with 20-point games. He was only averaging, like, 9 or 10. Baron Davis was oh, leading yeah. the league scoring. At oh, like, absolutely, yeah. At like, at, like, 21. And so I'm like – well, people back home hitting me up like, man, why is Andre Emmett playing over you? You can be out. I'm like, listen, I got a beast in front of me playing. Like, there's, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm cool with that. It's not like somebody who's 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 worse than me is playing. Yeah, so I, I just got to I just, I just got to wait my my chance. And BD was out there killing. So I had no I, I didn't know that that opportunity would ever open up for me. So yeah. with BD balling. Andre Emmett being who he was, because I, I played against him over the years. I knew what he can do. And so when BD gets hurt, that's when Andre Emmett's production started going up. Yeah. But BD got hurt the week after I asked for my trade. So, <laughs> man. Yeah, I, I had no idea. But, yeah. I mean, if he never got hurt, he would have just continued, you know, being the primary scorer and Andre Emmett's right there as well. So that's when Andre became the primary scorer after BD got hurt. For sure. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, too, and I think the unfortunate thing was, uh, you know, Andre Emmett, like you said, I mean, he went like supernova once the playoffs started. Right. Uh, and really, I feel like the issue was you kind of say to yourself, oh, imagine if they still had Baron Davis. You know, or yeah. imagine if he just had one more piece around him to help. And, you know, right. if he did have you, they probably would have had a pretty good shot of taking out power that year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say that. A lot of people said, Power and us were, uh, you know, the two favorites. And I, you know, me just being there on the bench, just ready to go, that just added a lot more to the to the table. But I mean, those guys are great. It was a great championship. Like I said, DJ's a great captain, and uh, I like the transparency he had from day one. Absolutely. And here's the thing, too. You know, you you asked for the trade. Trilogy actually desperately needed you. They weren't they were kind of having some trouble like finding some some offensive production there, I felt like. I felt like they were kind of going through a rut, you know, like obviously year one, they're undefeated. Year two, things are going the same way. You know, people are here to play now. And I felt like they were having a little bit of trouble finding some scoring. They add you there. You know, you kind of right. help them turn it around, make, try to make that push, at, at, you know, as much as you can coming on later in the year. You know, right. Trilogy's kind of been through a ton of transition phases, you know, as we speak. What, yeah. <laughs> what's the culture like with Trilogy that just being there with like Rick Mahorn, you know, James yeah. White, Kenyon Martin, you know, those guys? Yeah, it was great. It was great. You said it. I mean, the first loss that Trilogy had to Tri-State by a bunch that that, sec, uh, that second season, I was like surprised because nobody ever saw them go down. Obviously, they had the undefeated season. But um, so I hit Kenyon Martin like, man, you know, it looks like Y'all can add a boost in scoring. So I would say, you know, they just flip a, def a, a premier defender for a premier scorer in my eyes, you know. So yeah. Dante Jones 
Dante Jones was traded for me my first game. Uh, I did well. I hit the game-winning shot. and then I remember we, that. That was epic. Yeah. Yeah, in Detroit. Yeah, so I was ready. I was ready to go. But, uh, <laughs> and then after that, you know, I think we we went like 500 or something like that the rest of the way. But it was, you know, too little, too late. I the feel. season's so short, too. It's too – yeah, I, I, I got there week four. So that's like half the season already. Yeah. So, so of, of the regular season anyway. And so that culture, it was different. It was different. I mean, there was no holes barred. I can only imagine how it was season one when I wasn't there. <laughs> like, yeah, well, McCant was still there, right? Yeah. Okay, McCant. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rashad was there, and he had to mask every game. <laughs> Kenyon's like, man – this dude, you know, but <laughs> that was his thing, man. That was his thing. So uh, it provided a lot of entertainment to the league at the time. Mahorn, not going to hold his tongue. James, you know, Flight, he's not going to hold his tongue. You know, Dion, he going to speak up as the OG in the room. Everybody, like, it was like nobody had a problem saying something to the next person. I think that's good. Like, you know, we all men. Nobody got offended by it. For sure. Uh, Sure. I'm certainly not going to get offended. And, and I feel like it brought out the best. But like I said, I just think it was too little, too late um, to make any kind of run at that point. They started 0-3. So it was – Yeah, it was tough. I mean, you, you helped them to their first win there, you know. So, I mean – Yeah, 0-3 and then we faced power like week five. So that was – Yeah. <laughs> once that happened, it was kind of <laughs> tough at that point. One and four for the rest of the way out. So – well, I got to ask, too, you know, why we're on the subject here just about transitioning. I mean, what is it like to be traded in the big three? You know, I mean, you said yeah. earlier you're still meeting up with the same guys week in and week out despite having a different mm-hmm. jersey on. I mean, what what does that process look like? Yeah, I mean, and again, that's kind of why it's it has a strong parallel to um, professional sports in itself because the NBA is the same way. NBA G League is the same way. It's like – you know, one minute you can be with the Rockets and the next day you're with the Spurs. You might have uh, some different schemes out there and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you're a professional. Um, you know, there might be different plays and things like that. But you know how to make certain reads because you're a professional. and you played the game for a long time. So basketball-wise, really doesn't change. Uh, you know, it might be a different fit for you. Like with the ball hogs. I handled the ball more. Uh, with enemies, I was more spotted as a shooter or something like that when I did play. But um, basketball-wise, it doesn't change much. Uh, as far as the other stuff off the court, like I said, you're seeing the same faces. Uh, a person or two might be added every week. Um, and, it, and it's great. Like I said, it's just a family. Like, you know, you got to commend Cube and Jeff and Amy and everybody for just creating this family atmosphere. And everybody's just, um, after the NBA days and professional basketball days, like we're back at it out there and um, seeing the same people we used to play with. So it's all good. That's dope. That's super dope. You know, and, and before we talk about, you know, season three, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of changes made for Trilogy. Surprising changes. You know, we, we talked about it on the, on the – earlier half of the podcast here but I, mm-hmm. I, I think you know Kenyon Martin stepping down super shocking uh, we talked about him kind of laying the foundation down for the league itself you know and then you know I think mm-hmm. to follow up that shocking news we, we find out Steven Jackson's not only moving on as a player to a coach 
but also moving from Killer Threes to Trilogy. What's kind of your reaction to that? You know, got, being a guy in, in the league. Man, absolutely. I, I just, I just saw that earlier. Um, very surprised, you know, because Kmart. Everybody knows he was the first one to sign a contract with the league. He, you know, he was a captain of the undefeated team season one, and he just kind of, man. Both of those dudes, Kmart and Stack, like you can argue that they embody what the victory is about. Like, yeah, for sure. Know, that that <laughs> that toughness that they play with out there, um, and and they've been that. They've been. I'm, I'm. I was surprised. I was, you know, I was surprised on both because, like you said, Stack didn't just go from player to coach. He went to a different team, and Stack arguably has been the most consistent best player. I would say for as long as he has arguably and for him to go to trilogy. Um, it's interesting. We'll see how that, you know, how that plays out and who steps in as the captain for killer threes now. And, um, but very surprised to see that happen. K Mars, my guy stacks, my dude. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens next for those. Yeah. We tried to debate on what would happen and, we're just all confused at this point. We're hoping the news will drop tomorrow. But we thought it would be interesting if, uh, you know, David Hawkins over there maybe got promoted for a second straight year and went to a captain role and then kind of switched places with Stack. I mean, you know, you know, you know Hawkins pretty well. What 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 would you think of of, of D Hawk there in, in Killer Three's jersey? Man, that would be something. He was a co-captain with Trilogy last year, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Jet is still a uh, well. Jet was a captain with Trilogy, so um, man, it's been so you know some shuffling so far. Bibby going from player to coach with a different team too. So um, my thoughts with that: Hawk is one of those dudes, man, that you gotta love the the, the path that he's taken. The first year he had with Reese Company didn't get a lot of opportunities. Second year he's pretty much an MVP candidate. Just somebody who. I've watched through the years. He's just he's grinded to get to where he is. And you gotta, you know, appreciate a guy like that who 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 earned what he worked for. So I'm not sure. You know, I know uh you know, I know they got uh Frank over there at uh at uh Killer Threes as well. So I don't know I don't know how they're gonna how how it's gonna play out. Yeah, I mean the source of our confusion we was trying to figure out is because we know on all the smoke Stack told Zach Randolph, like, yo, come, I have a captain spot for you. But now oh. we're like, what team was he talking about? <laughs> oh, oh I, I didn't see I didn't see that. And see, a lot yeah. of people been a lot of people been talking about Zebo playing. I mean, it only makes sense. It only makes sense for for Zebo to step into a captain role with Killer Threes. Let you know, Stack step away from it. Let Zebo get it. First oh, game. So you think that's what's what's happening? I don't know anything on the okay, inside. <laughs> We're just no, theorizing. We're just theorizing. Yeah, that's my guess. That's my guess. Is okay. That it only makes sense to put Zebo there. The first game is in Memphis. Right. Where I'm from, by the way. So yeah, I'm you're trying from to get Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That would be love if I ever got a chance to go back to my hometown. I haven't been there in a long time. But, I mean, Zebo, man, he did so many things in the community. So it would be great for Zebo to come on and have that that's first awesome. game in Memphis. Fun fact here before before, uh, Will asks something else. I'm actually from uh, the Nashville area. You know, you went to school with Vandy. You're a Vandy alum. Wow. Yeah, my my father actually grew up, you know, minutes from the stadium. We could hear the the football games going on there. So that's 
that's our uh, connection of, of the, the episode here. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. That's a dope fun fact, man. Uh, and, you know, just want to send a shout out to everybody in Nashville who uh, experienced that terrible yes. storm last night. For sure. Yeah. Um, was a lot, the severity of it, I, I couldn't even believe it until here recently. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. everyone there is, is doing okay and, uh, you know. Does people were able to kind of pick up the pieces, but yeah, definitely a big shout out to those guys. Exactly. So, so I guess uh, so. Moving on for 2019. So we we're sort of talking about uh, the different teams you've been on. I would have to imagine that being on Enemies was probably an extremely unique experience. <laughs> so what what was that like? Man, it was because back with Rick Mahorn. Yeah, like. I'm not somebody who, who, you know, brings a lot of attention to myself, but, you know, I was somebody who was a top 10 scorer the first two seasons, the only non-captain and non-co-captain to be so. So I'm going into season three with a lot of big, uh, big expectations. For sure. And I, don't, and I don't get drafted. And so, you know, that had me down a little bit. So I, I, you know, I wasn't going into the season. So I'm just at home, like, training i'm working out me and robert Hyde. we're in miami we're just training just staying ready for that call you know he he played season two and didn't get drafted season three so we're just waiting and uh man one day i just get a call from rick mahorn and you know we obviously had a great relationship from season two and he was saying that lamar odom uh was probably going to get deactivated and that he wanted me to come in so i was ready you know i was ready for it and team full of LA guys. It was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely uh, a different environment, man. For they, sure. I mean, they had everything, but it was it was organized. It was well run. It was well run. They had, you know, everybody. You know, the physiotherapists. They had everybody. Like a manager. They they did two practices instead of one. Like oh wow, oh wow. Yeah, every yeah. They take it serious, and and that's a good thing. Like nobody had play in the big three before on that team nobody had prior experience right but they 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 treated it like it was the league and you got to appreciate that uh the level of focus i always felt arguably you know they had the most talent last year i mean you talk about a guy like perry jones who was one of the youngest guys in the league one of the most athletic you talk about royce being the first pick craig was one of the top scorers gil frank I mean, we were loaded, to be yeah. honest. And it just so happened that my role, you know, I was brought in as uh, uh, an inactive player pretty much to just, you know, stay ready, provide what's needed. Um, and, you know, we they, they started out really well. And then, I don't know, man, I, I, I can't say if it was chemistry or what or lack of experience or what, but... Uh, I know toward the end of the schedule, we were playing, you know, stronger teams. I, I think it was easier the first uh, leg of the schedule. Mm -hmm. Second half was a lot harder and uh, just didn't get it done. But those guys had a lot of talent. I appreciate their approach to the game. Took it a lot, you know, really serious. And, uh, you know, definitely had that Cali swag to them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, they definitely uh, are always a fun team to watch. That's for sure. And you know i think now you know you definitely have been in the league since day one you you kind of know what to expect you know how you should prepare what 
what do you do differently this year to make sure, you know, for whatever reason they didn't draft you? I mean, what do you do differently to separate yourselves, you know, especially with the age limit being lowered, a ton of new prospects coming in this year? What's kind of your your way of getting ready for year four? Yeah, uh, just continue doing what I'm doing. I mean, um, I don't want to change up the formula much. I mean, I'm 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 all I know is working, and I'm somebody who, you know, the NBA was the same way with me. NBA, NBA G League overseas, it was the same. Like, I had to work to get what I, you know, to, uh, to get what I wanted. That's the same here. I'm just going to work, be ready. Uh, combine is coming. And, uh, you know, I saw the age limits going down to 22. Uh, I think I think all that stuff is great, bringing the age limit down, having an open tryout. I think all that's great uh, for the big three. My thing is, when you look at the winning teams, though, you're winning with vets, you're winning with proven players, you're winning with, uh, you know, guys – guys who've been there before and i think that's the, that's how it is at the nba level that's how it look at the champions in the the big three you know power you know strong vets so nothing against the younger players i, I feel like they're going to provide that excitement that you know obviously more athleticism and things like that it's cool i like it i mean you're opening it the field up more better competition and you know cube said it best if you're not ready it'll show and you gotta, you know, bring your game. So, what I'm gonna do is just, just work, be ready, and uh, anything that's out of my hands is just out of my hands. But I, you know, that's up to somebody else to draft me or not. Yeah, I mean, I think big three experience definitely matters. I mean, look at the playoff team last year. You know, we had power, we had three-headed monsters, killer threes, all with guys that have ton of big three experience. You know, and then triplets as well. They add, they have Allen Anderson. They add Jamario Moon, guys with big three experience. So yeah, I mean, I think it definitely should play a factor going into the draft for sure. Um, exactly. So yeah, and I mean, I I think that goes a little you know under like uncredited a little bit. I think a lot of guys or or people on the outside kind of say like, oh well, maybe the younger players will run the older guys of the league. But yeah, but but a lot of these younger players haven't played in the league. I mean. Right. You know, I mean, they don't even know what to expect. I mean, what would you tell someone kind of coming into the league for the first time? Maybe a young guy, you know, like how they should adjust, what should they expect, uh, you know, just mm -hmm. playing in this league? Yeah, I mean, being in shape shouldn't be an issue for them as it is for somebody 20 years as senior. Sure. But um, like, there really are nuances to this. Like, there really are, like, I've seen Corey Maggetti and Cat Mobley out there really, like, not – I don't want to call them plays, but, like, they're really running, like, reads and different sets and stuff like that. I mean, it's just half court, but it's like if the defense does this, we're going to go here, vice versa and so forth. Like, that's stuff that requires, uh, you know, savvy and, and, and a good mentality. I'm not saying that these younger guys won't have it, but if you're 22, 23, 24, are you as developed there as a 30-year-old who's been in the G League for six years or been in the NBA a few years or a 35-year-old who, who his body doesn't run like that, but in a half-court set, it's going to bowl well because st strategically he thinks like that. So, you know, to answer your question, what would I say to a guy like that is, you know, you're going to be in shape. 
but be prepared to uh, know the game the right way. You know, even though it's half court, there's still a, a fundamental way for basketball to be run. Well, fireball three to be run. Yeah, so let's let's talk about Fireball Three. So I feel like that was kind of the main announcement this off season. So the Fireball Three now it's the sport, and now they have to bring the fire rule. Um, what are your expectations for that? Wow, when I when I saw that, it's exactly what I said. It's wow, like I thought that was some major news. Cue everybody else behind the scenes. Like that was just innovative, like changing the game, like they said, and. I think the one that stands out most to me, you know, you have the new ball, you have, you know, the name change and things like that, but that bring the fire rule, man. That's like, that. I mean, that's just like how it is when you play three-on-three or one-on-one at the park. You know, you foul somebody, you you foul somebody and they don't agree with it. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, you foul somebody and they call foul, you know, there's an argument about it. And you shoot for it. You shoot for the ball. And so this is adding even more of an element to it. It's not just a free shot to determine who gets the ball. It's one-on-one. Like, I'm going at you. So, I mean, obviously I saw Will Bynum on the promo. All You know, Nate and all these guys who are one-on-one players. It's, it's going to provide a lot of entertainment. So that was just brilliant, man. Now you see um, the NBA All-Star Weekend adding the four-point shot and, and you know ending the all-star game on a game-winning shot and stuff oh like i know that. yeah it's just it's innovative like what cube is doing and you just gotta you know you just gotta applaud what they're doing right now and it's just growing i think it's a lot of uh excitement to look forward to yeah no doubt i think <laughs> This is, I mean, obviously the best season that yet to come, you know, and I think we say that every year just because of all the innovative changes, you know, and, and different guys being added. But uh, one thing's for sure, you've definitely shown, you know, your productivity, your dedication to this league, uh, being an advocate for it, and, and definitely appreciate, you know, your, your perspective and, and you taking the time to talk with us today, Derek. I mean, this is, no this is super insightful. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank guys. you and best of Thank luck you. to you at the Combine and, and Season 4. Hope to see you there. I appreciate it, man. Hope to see you guys soon as well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.